0: G'day gentlemen, I'm Simon de Block, licensed clinical psychotherapist and your host of Manifesto, Mental Health for Men, a podcast for men who want to improve and maintain the quality of the most valuable asset they possess, their mind and mental health. In this week's episode, we're examining the universal experience of imposterism, also referred to as the imposter syndrome. We'll explore what imposter syndrome is, what evokes imposterism, and the negative thoughts we adopt, and some of the critical tactics on what to do to overcome this insidious internal dialogue. Now, as always, as we kick off today's episode, I really welcome you to subscribe to this podcast channel on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Gentlemen, let's dive into the mental barrier and experience of imposterism. Take a moment to imagine this scenario. As jubilant applause fills your ears, you realise your name was called to the stage. You've received the company's award as this year's top seller, and it's time to make your big speech. No big deal. You've got this. Smiling and exuding confidence, you graciously accept your award, and you say something nice about each member of your team. Yet, as you take your seat, it hits you feeling that you are a fraud. Sure, you had the top sales numbers, but wasn't that just luck? After all, your biggest sale probably wouldn't have happened if the sales manager before you hadn't built up the relationship with the customer. You think, I surely can't keep this up next year, and then everybody will know that I'm really not that talented. I'll be exposed as a loser, and I'll probably get demoted or even lose my job. While colleagues pat you on the back celebrating your success, your negative self-talk bubbles below your confidence facade. Feeling unworthy of your success could mean you're experiencing the imposter syndrome. If this is the case, it doesn't matter how well you've done for yourself or what others say about you, you still feel like a phony. If you're a guy who's taking this in, it's possible that you've never heard of the impostor syndrome before, but this phenomenon is commonly talked about by women. While it is thought that both men and ex- women experience imposter syndrome equally, the underlying causes often differ, as does the frequency in which they talk about it. Women are much more likely to share their fears about being inadequate, while men are far less apt to talk about it with others. However, both men and women chalk up their success to good luck or other factors. What are the common characteristics of imposter syndrome? Well, according to research, some of the common signs of imposter syndrome include self-doubt, the inability to realistically assess one's competency and skills, to attribute your success to uh, external factors, you berate your performance, You fear that you won't live up to expectations, sometimes even overachieving, uh, sabotaging your own success, procrastination, perfectionism, and sometimes setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. Now, if these characteristics look familiar, ask yourself the following questions. Do you agonize over even the smallest mistake or flaws at work? Uh, Do you attribute your success to luck or outside factors? Are you very sensitive to even constructive criticism? Do you feel like you will inevitably be found out as a phony or a fraud? Or do you play down your own expertise, even in areas where you are genuinely more skilled than others? Feeling some amount of self-doubt is natural, when we're learning something new or struggling with a task. However, imposter syndrome makes it difficult to assess when you're getting things right. What are the factors that evoke imposter syndrome? There are a number. Let's kick off with family and society. Now from the time we are children, how we are treated socially or how we perceived we are treated socially can have a lasting impact on how we perceive ourselves and our abilities. If your self-esteem was damaged early on, you may not believe you are capable of reaching your goals and you disregard your achievements as a fluke. Another response to a low belief in your abilities is to work hard and to compensate for perceived ineptitude. If you're a perfectionist, this could be the root cause. Conversely, if you've always been highly esteemed by your parents, paraded around like a perfect show dog, you might grow up to feel undeserving of such constant praise. Another influence is criticism and stereotyping. Negative societal stereotypes, whether based on age, race, gender, or socioeconomic status, can influence one opinions about themselves and what they believe they can achieve. If you belong to a social group that has been historically marginalised, Feeling uh, feelings of inferiority can be deeply entrenched into your self-esteem even if you are perfectly competent and intelligent. Another influence are life transitions. One constant in life is nothing ever stays the same. Big life transitions such as a promotion at work or a new leadership position can lead you to question whether or not you have what it takes to fulfill your new role successfully. Self-doubt and fear that you'll be found out as a fraud are signs that the life transition has triggered imposter syndrome. Another aspect is comparison. Seeing how we stack up by comparing ourselves to others can be a valuable tool in business. For example, it's helpful to know what part of the market share you take up and how well your customers are rating their experience. However, when it goes unchecked, comparison can wreak havoc on a person's psyche. Look anywhere on social media or television and it appears like everyone in the world is smarter, richer, happier, more physically fit and much better looking than you. This type of comparison is demoralizing and can make a guy feel like he's missed the memo on how to be a successful man. To make matters worse, society often measures the merit of a man by the size of his bank account. So if you're experiencing financial struggle, you might also feel emasculated. Another influence is the relationship that men have with competition. Now, men have a unique relationship with competition. For a lot of men, there is a strong motivation to adopt a competitive behaviour because there is an external benefit. Think of the various degrees or things you might have strive for, such as a university degree or a promotion at work or beating your buddies at a game of pool. A bit of good-natured competition helps men push themselves to do better, which can improve their overall performance and lead to new levels of innovation and success. However, when these external motivators... Well, these external motivators can lead some men to do what Brene Brown refers to as puffing up, meaning that to impress or intimidate other men, they may overestimate their abilities. This negatively impacts them when they commit to pursuits that are above their pay grade. When maintained over a long period of time, these individuals begin to recognise that their ceiling of capability has been reached and they begin to question whether or not they're potentially frauds. Another impact is the imposter syndrome cycle and the relationship with anxiety. One reaction to not feeling worthy or good enough is to work twice as hard to compensate for what you believe you lack. This doubling down can fuel feelings of anxiety as you scramble to make sure nobody ever discovers your shortcomings. The paradox is that while hard work helps you ensure that you become successful, the cost to your mental health is really great. Because you cannot accurately assess your abilities, you believe the only reason why you're able to achieve anything is because you've worked twice as hard as anybody else. Anxiety pushes you to do the uh, all-nighter, to work weekends, and to stay quiet in meetings when you're not sure your contributions are really welcome at all. The fear of looking bad motivates you to work harder, which only produces more anxiety and fear. The problem here is no matter how hard you work and what you achieve, you still feel like a, a fraud, which results in the imposter syndrome cycle. Just on the other side of anxiety is depression, which is also a common feeling experience with imposter syndrome. Thoughts like, no matter what I do, I'm always going to be stuck, so why should I even bother, resulting in a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Now, imposter syndrome can impact men in very different ways. What I've seen in my work with business, uh, with businesses, particularly when working alongside men in uh, managerial roles, is that women tend to admit to imposter syndrome far more than men do. Though I would bet that men feel it a lot more than they actually let on. This is because men tend to believe that it makes them seem vulnerable, an emotion they dislike as wrongly, as they see it, appearing cowardly, even though that we know this is far from true. While it's true the causes and effects of imposter syndrome can show up uh, similarly in both men and women, there are some key differences that are more frequently expressed. For example, women are more likely to underestimate their abilities and are more reserved about stepping into positions of power and authority. They might look at a difficult task, even when one even if it's one they aspire to achieve, and are more capable of doing so, they ask themselves, who am I to do that? Men, however, frequently overestimate their abilities and take on tasks for which they are not suited for or prepared for. They often observe a difficult task and assert themselves with confidence, saying, I can totally do that. Now, this type of confidence is more likely to win a man a bigger role or an opportunity than his skills actually support. Now when this happens he can find himself way out of his depth and feeling like a fraud or an imposter. The dissonance caused by the impending failure here generates fear of being discovered as a fraud or an imposter. How do we shift our mindset out of imposterism? Well we're going to consider five brief tactics today. First, recognize. Like any concern or experience you you have, taking time to recognize the problem is the first step. Developing awareness enables you to determine what to focus on in terms of change. Start by mid- benchmarking your experience. What thoughts do you have about yourself? What do you think you bring to the table? How might you be comparing yourself to others? Well, document how your thoughts influence your behaviours, i.e. how does the fear of being caught as a fraud or imposter lead you to act? Consider the relationship you had as a child with your parents. Did they treat you like nothing was ever good enough? Perhaps they behaved in the polar opposite and they always told told you how amazing you were, even if you didn't believe it, just so yourself. Also, think about the messages you've learned about what it takes to be successful as a man. Do you believe your worth is achievement based? Second tactic is seek and learn. There's a lot of great information on the topic of the imposter phenomenon. However, it focuses primarily on women's experiences of this phenomenon, knowing that both men and women share the same experience, even though that they may respond to it differently, the research we, can, we do have can be really helpful. For another great resource, I recommend checking out the TED Talk by Mike Cannon Brooks titled, How You Can Use Imposter Syndrome to Your Advantage. It's Really quite fascinating. Educating yourself and reaching out to others, especially men, can help you overcome the thoughts that you're alone in this experience, which in turn can support you in accepting and even harnessing your thoughts. The third tactic is dispute. The main experience that men disclose about their experience of being an imposter is the vast amount of intrusive negative self-talk they have. Now, it's not uncommon to rate yourself low or discount your achievements or abilities from time. But here, it's highly valuable to disprove or just dispute these thoughts. I've recently fr- uh, written uh, about the impact of the pathological critic, uh, titled Five Actions to Conquer the Mental Jerk in Your Head. And how, when this critic becomes the dominant voice in our head, it has the power to make us second-guess our every move, doubt our own abilities, and feel fearful that things are always going wrong. Ask yourself these two powerful questions, and I thank my mate Socrates for these. Question one. What real evidence do you have that supports the thought that you are a fraud to be true? Is this evidence absolute or even remotely true? be brutally honest with yourself. Second question, what evidence do you have that supports the contrary, that you are actually competent and you're the real deal? Tactic number four, acknowledge you are not alone. The experience of imposter syndrome is oddly a universal one. It occurs regardless of gender, culture, and age, lived experiences, intelligence. The knowledge that Everyone experiences imposter syndrome at some stage, either ongoing or at some point. It's a huge step in reducing its impact. The fifth tactic is learning how to differentiate yourself. Differentiating yourself is all about celebrating your uniqueness. As we discussed earlier, a significant problem is that we readily fall into the trap of comparison. And comparison, as many people refer to, is the thief of joy. We rate ourselves against biased or unsubjective uh, standards that we impose on ourselves and all the world around us. Or we find ourselves on autopilot, aimlessly accepting all the standards and forms of measure that the world is ready to impose on us. The result is, we never feel like we're enough. And no matter how significant our accomplishments or achievements are, we believe we just simply don't measure up to anybody. Doubt and uncertainty are the paths we travel on if we fail to recognise that we are comparing ourselves constantly. The antidote to this comparison is only to compare yourself to your former self. Now by acknowledging, accepting and honouring all the uniqueness of who you are, warts and all, you are better able to assess your abilities and be content with who you truly are. gentlemen. When we finally recognise that the impostor's phenomenon is just part of the human condition, we understand that we're not an outlier or some form of freak that everybody's struggling. There's something incredibly liberating in this knowledge as it helps us accept ourselves rather than feeling like we don't measure up. As we become comfortable with adopting a more expansive mindset, the world opens up itself to us and we no longer feel paralysed. We can dive deeper into our personal and professional pursuits with renewed vigour and fulfilment. We can also experience a greater sense of confidence and agency as we go about our day. We no longer leave the thought of success to others or we once thought better deserved for the rewards of fortunes of life. We have learnt to dispel our irrational thoughts that we were once a fraud and have dusted ourselves off, ready to take on the day with a more positive and realistic mindset about who we really are and what we're actually capable of. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're already making an investment into the most valuable assets you own, your mind and mental health. So take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts and join our community of men who are seeking practical ways to grow and evolve as modern men. Gentlemen, thanks again for joining me on this week's episode of Manifesto Mental Health for Men. Cheers for now.